on episode 554 of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet DJ Vanis and discuss his book, The Warrior Within, Own Your Power to Serve, Fight, Protect, and Heal. You can find the full show notes for this episode at 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 554. you decided you're ready to make a change to reclaim your health and fitness the 40 plus fitness podcast is here for you each week we dive deep into health and fitness topics that affect those of us over 40 i'm alan meisner i'm an nsam certified personal trainer with specializations in corrective exercise behavior change and fitness nutrition a fai certified functional aging specialist and an ota level 2 online trainer I'm joined each week by our co-host, Rachel Everett. She is an NASN certified personal trainer and a RRCA level one run coach. Let us be your coaches as you find your way on your health and fitness journey. All right, let's go. Getting older is more than just losing your hair or your skin getting thin and crepey. We get weaker. We gain weight. Our energy goes, and with it, we feel ourselves go. It's the aging curve. You look in the mirror, or you see a reflection in a window, and ask, who is that old dumpy? And you look away. There goes the confidence. Aches and pains seem to pop up like dandelions in your yard. If having an active retirement was part of the plan, well, what if I told you that you make this decision each and every day? You decide whether you're going down a steeper aging curve or you're slowing it. I think you know that. I think you try, are trying, but there's just something missing. With over six and a half years of training people over 40, people just like you, I've learned that there are a few key things that trip us up, and I've made sure to address all of them in my BFFT program. The BFIT for Task program. BFFT for short, is a six-week deep dive that addresses mindset, nutrition, fitness, and self-care in a way that meets you where you are and takes you forward. We find the tactics and strategies that will work for you, giving you the tools you need. However, it's not good enough to know what to do. You have to do it and keep doing it. Consistency wins. And through BFFT, you have the accountability and support to get you there. Learn more at 40plusfitness.com forward slash BFFT. Change is hard when you don't have the tools and accountability. BFFT will give you both, and you'll have me with you each and every step of the way. 40plusfitness.com forward slash BFFT. Not deciding is deciding. You can stay on your current path, or you can do something different. Check out 40plusfitness.com forward slash BFFT now. You owe it to yourself to at least learn more about the BFIT for Task program. I hope you will. Our guest today is an internationally acclaimed speaker for Fortune 500 companies, hundreds of tribal nations, and over 7,000 audiences nationwide. An enrolled member of the Ottawa Tribe of Michigan and a former U.S. Air Force officer, he inspires others to practically apply the power of the warrior spirit in business and in life. He is the author of The Teeny Warrior and the Spirit on the Run and was featured in the PBS film The Warrior Tradition. 
he hosted the Discovering Your Warrior Spirit show on PBS. With no further ado, here is DJ Vanis. DJ, welcome to 40 Plus Fitness. Thank you for having me, Alan. Happy to be here. Yeah. Now, your book, The Warrior Within, Own Your Power to Serve, Fight, Protect, and Heal, uh, it kind of appealed to me. I, I, you know, the one, there's the there's the guy thing, you know, but uh, there's plenty of female warriors out there. So, ladies, don't, yep. don't tune out because this is for anybody that serves. And if you're a mother, if you're a grandmother, if you're a daughter, in some capacities, you are serving, you are fighting, and you pro- you're protecting just as much as any man or anybody else. So this is yes. for everybody. And, uh, you know, I really want to start telling you, there's something you had in the book. And I'm like, this is, if, if I was going to say, what is this book about and why this book is important, I would say this, and this is from you. Anything that makes us mentally stronger and more true to ourselves is worth investing time and effort. And so reading a book, learning these lessons that you bring forward in the book, that's a great investment. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why I wrote it. I mean, that's, that's my hope. That was my goal, you know, is to make sure that what I wrote was worthy of everybody's time, focus, and attention. You know, we live in a busy, hurry up world. And I wanted to share the things that I know have impact that I know can, you know, move the needle on the dial, uh, getting to that level of life that we want to get to where we're a better version of ourselves. You know, we're stronger, we're more resilient, and we're more able to serve the people that we love and um, are with every day. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the topics I kind of want to get into early on here. Um, is that I think when uh, we become parents, particularly when we become parents, I think it's just something in your head just goes click. Um, yeah. I'm a different person. I got to do something different here. Uh, but a lot of people also choose careers where they're they're serving. You know, as a teacher, as a firefighter, as a you know a policeman, as a, a in the military, or even just being a leader in your community. Right. I think a lot of us get so involved in that that we miss one of the most important things, and that's actually taking care of the warrior first. Can Absolutely. You talk, can you talk yeah. about self-care and, and why that's so important and, and how we can make that paradigm shift? It, it's critical, and I'm glad that you're bringing this up. And by the way, that list that you just fired off, all those people are populated throughout the book. Those examples, um, those real-world you know, impact moments of how these principles show up in the lives of educators, firefighters, people in healthcare. You know, when we talk about this warrior concept, and, and again, it transcends race, gender, age, stage of life. So I want to make sure that that's clear. But I, I put very, very, you know, um, directly in the book, you cannot be a warrior when you're falling apart. It just doesn't work. You know, intentions, you can dismiss them. It's execution that matters. And when we talk about this in, in you know, practical terms, it comes down to self-care. Uh, taking care of the vessel of all this great service, which is us. And you are the only you that you will ever have or be in this lifetime. We have to act accordingly. And sometimes we wait for other people to take care of us. We wait for it to be convenient. It never will be. Uh, We wait for something to intervene to really pull us into um, that self-care mode. And sometimes that thing that pulls us into it is a health crisis. And, And that's the reality is, you know, we need warriors uh, who can sustain in the good fight every day, serving other people well, having a good impact. What we don't need is martyrs. And martyrs are the ones that just go, 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 till they fall apart, stand back, look at the debris field and say, how the heck did this happen? And I work with these people and I love them, you know, whether it's a firefighter or an educator or people serving in the military who are given their heart, you know, day in and day out, 
but they're not holding anything back to to keep developing and, and protecting themselves. And that is unsustainable. Yeah. And the worst part of it is we don't get to choose when we fall apart. That's just gonna, it's gonna happen That's when it. it's gonna happen, you know. So you yeah. might be most needed at that moment when you're most unable. And that's the reality. And that becomes extremely painful for people who have dedicated their lives to impacting others in a positive way. You know, we don't know when it's going to show up. Sometimes we get some indicators, but we really don't know uh, when to make that change until something, you know, crisis level happens. And that's one way to learn. I don't recommend it. I went through that same experience myself. <laughs> I think I think most I got of the shingles us have, at 28. That, yeah. yeah, it was an awful experience. But it also made me a born again advocate for self-care. Because I know if, you know, you keep doing that over and over again, drawing from the well without putting anything back, not only is your warrior spirit going to be depleted and drained, but you are going to go into a place where you don't want to go, which is that, you know, complete, you know, apathy, burnout, health crisis. And um, there's better ways to do things in life. And you can learn from my painful lesson when you read the book on, on how not to wait, um, but to take care of yourself every day, you know, in in our tribal communities, we talk about medicine. I mentioned that in the book too, as, as something that goes beyond a pill or a vaccine. Uh, medicine in our tribal communities and our traditions was anything and everything that kept us healthy mind, body, and spirit. So it could be spending time with family, spending time alone. It could be getting enough sleep, exercise, funny movies, hobbies, outdoors. I mean, whatever it is that's your medicine list, we have to incorporate that daily. Uh, because also tribally, we look at medicine as not something we go to when we're already sick and out of balance. It's something we incorporate into our lives to keep us healthy and strong. Yeah. Now, when we hear the term warrior, I think, um, you know, and you said this in the book very well, people think of this uh, this really strong, uh, almost invincible, you know, against the odds, you know, us against the world or against the the army or against the, you know, whatever. And we don't realize how much, when you actually look at real warriors in action, how they're, they're not ashamed or afraid, and they have the courage to ask for help. Yeah, and that's a tough lesson to learn, you know, because I mean, in the, in the reality is you have to ask yourself a question, how bad do you want to serve others? And if it is that deep drive, that passionate drive then you have to set yourself up for long-term success. And that's part of that self-care idea. And yes, warriors are strong, but they are not invincible. I write in the book very, you know, very clearly, warriors are not bulletproof. You know, in, in our in our tribal traditions, our warriors, they fought against incredible odds. They were outmatched technologically. They were lied to at every turn. They, they had all these different obstacles and, and they still found a way to rally and deliver what they needed to for their people to protect and defend their people. And if we're going to do that in, in our roles today, we have to take care of ourselves in, a, in a, the best way we know how. And a lot of that time, or a lot of that includes support from the outside, you know, because we over romanticize this warrior role uh, where it is somebody who always has the right answer is always strong, never afraid, doesn't deal with pain, doesn't need any outside support or encouragement. And that's all garbage. That gets us into hot water quicker than anything. Warriors are strong, but they struggle at times. Warriors are brave, but they deal with fear. You know, warriors are courageous and action-oriented, but they also fall down at times and need help. Um, that's totally okay. Like I said, you have to think 
bigger picture. Um, we all need that. We're all human beings. Uh, so that's important to include in our resource list. Yeah. Now, I know from experience uh, in the military, and you can see this in movies, it's a little bit more over-dramatized of, okay, get on the radio and, and call in support. Um, it's a pretty common thing in, in a lot of movies where someone, you know, they want to have that drama of we're getting overrun. Uh, but in real life, that can be something as simple as just asking your spouse to take care of the children for, you know, 20 minutes or so for you to just go have a mental health break. Uh, it's yeah. knowing when you need that and asking for that help and not being afraid to communicate that you're, you know, I'm being vulnerable a bit, but just saying, you know, Hey, I can't do this on my own right now. I need your help. Um, and that, uh, that trust that you put in the person that's helping you, uh, well, they're probably a warrior in, in heart too. So, you know, you're, it's a symbiotic thing where you're letting it another is. warrior come in and be there for you, just like you're going to be there for them later. That's it. And there's strength and vulnerability. You know, that's the other thing I've learned as I've gone along on my journey is, you you know, being able to think in, in a different, you know, through a different lens, realizing that sometimes the ultimate strength is actually asking for help, saying, hey, I'm not doing this right. I need some outside support. I need a different answer. That takes great courage because, and that's sometimes we're our own worst enemy when we don't exercise that. But, but just being able to reach out and get that support that is critical because, you know, the way that we're wired, it's really bizarre because the moment that we're going through struggle is the time that we need support the most, but it's also the time where we are most likely to withdraw and go into our bunker, you know, go into our own teepee and just lock everybody else out. And, you know, I, I always share with people, you know, I was taught traditionally, we're a lot more like bees than ants than we are like eagles. Uh, we need each other. We're better when we're with each other. Or let me let me clarify that when we're with the right people. Um, very, we become very, very important. Very important. Yeah. Yes. Very important, yeah <laughs> to delineate that. But we become more resilient, we become stronger, we become more brave, we become a better version of ourselves based on who we're surrounding ourselves with at the time. That's why it's critical that we're not only selective, be picky, you know, on who you tribe up with, who you associate with as a fellow warrior. Uh, because, you know, if they're out there doing that good work, at times you're going to lean on each other. And I take great comfort in knowing I'm surrounded by that caliber of folk. Uh, the men and women that are in my life that I know will be there for me just as I am for them. Um, that's how you become brave as a group. That's why I say in the book, you know, warriors never fought alone. Why? Because that's dumb. Yeah. You are going <laughs> to severely limit your capacity to deliver anything good into this world. When you try to go it solo or lone wolf it, it just doesn't work. It looks good on TV or in a yeah. movie, but in reality, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. And it gets us into trouble more often than not. Yeah. Even, even Rambo usually has a little bit of help. A <laughs> little bit, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> it's still mostly him, yeah. but that's, a, but that's that, I, that's that imagery though, that gets us into trouble. And, and we do that too. Even in our native communities, we over romanticize that warrior role and make it inaccessible. And it's like that warrior role isn't about perfection. It's not about having all the right answers. It's about being strong enough to get yourself up when you get knocked down and continue to serve other people to the best of your ability. But warriors cry, they make mistakes, they stumble, but what they don't do is quit. And so that's the, you know, that's the deciding factor there in that dynamic. Yeah. Now, as a, as a personal trainer, you know, I, I come across uh, people and there's, um, there's two basic excuses um, 
that they get, you know, that I get from people when they come and, and probably the, the one, you know, the one that I'm, I, I kind of poo poo away and say, okay, that's not really true, uh, is the, is the motivation part. And I'm like, you know, you'll be motivated when you want to do this more than you want, don't want to decline. You know, when you, that yeah. balance happens, the motivation will come, but the other one I can somewhat agree with, uh, at, at, at least from a, a perspective of experience of understanding when you think, okay, I just don't have enough time in the, in the day, uh, to do the things I need to do for the self-care for the, this or for the, that. And, you know, you put something in the book and I think it comes back to that, that phrase you used a minute ago, being picky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can you right. talk about uh, kind of the mindset that what you put in the book about how we can look at time management to make sure that we have the time to do what we need to do? Yeah. Great question. You know, first and foremost, there's no time for anything in this world. There's no time to eat, to pray, to play, to work out, uh, to hang out with our families. There's only time for what we make time for, and that is it. And if our health and wellness are not at the top of that pyramid, I'll tell you what we've also probably experienced. Everything we're trying to do may fall short. Because how realistic is it to go into this world, into this life, into this warrior role and want to deliver 100% of who we are and what we can do on a half-charge battery or less? I mean, that's like planting carrot seeds and hoping coconuts grow. You know, that's pure wishful thinking and it's not reality. Um, and the thing is with time, it's non-renewable. So that's the other thing that makes it so precious is we have to put it not towards everything, which is the temptation in the world we live in, but towards the right things. And if we never learn to delineate which is which, we doom ourselves to chaos. And one of the biggest you know, challenges is learning not just what to say yes to. We're good at that. It's learning what to say no to so that we have clarity of purpose. We have, we're able to concentrate our power and focus on the things that really matter. Because to not do that, I mean, we're dividing and conquering ourselves, which is the worst thing a warrior can do in battle. We're spread too thin. And my gosh, do we feel it? We feel like too little peanut butter on too much toast, you know, going a million different directions and not doing well in any one of them. So time management is absolutely critical in a busy world. And, you know, saying no to certain things I know can be painful, but the good news is you're saying yes, even louder to the right things. And we're the ones who have to do that. Yeah. And that, and that's important. You know, there's, everybody's going to pull on your time if you let them. That's true. We live in a world where everybody and everything wants a piece of your time and they'll yeah. take little bites here and there. And it's almost like you're swimming with piranha, you know, like eventually you got nothing left and you don't know where it went. So that's why you got to get out of that pit or that pool of water and be able to operate on your own and be conscious about the choices you're making. So um, about nine years ago, I did a Tough mutter. Uh, and then I was going to try to do a, a Spartan about uh, four years ago or so. And I tore my rotator cuff. And yeah. so it was kind of had that setback and I was training for another tough mutter that I was supposed to do in not much time. It's pretty soon coming up here. And, um, I, I hurt my back and I didn't hurt into training. I don't know exactly how I hurt it. It's not cute, but you know, you said something in the book, um, you know, the phrase you use is what to do when the wolf comes. And it's like, okay, you know, I'm 56 years old. Occasionally I'm gonna have some form of injury. It's, you know, it's kind of almost part of it. I'll tell you mentally it's, it's tough. How do we, how do we deal with setbacks properly? You know, because I think all of us are going to experience them as we go. Um, it's never just the happy sailing. Everything's good. I'm winning all the battles. Um, 
kind of kind of thing. Yeah, and it feels great when we're winning, right? But the yeah. guarantee is the wolf will come. And the, and the wolf has that real, really huge setback, that heartbreak, that loss, that devastating pain, where we really are kind of reeling and wondering, how do I keep moving forward at this point? How do I, you know, how do I even stay afloat at this point? And a, and a big part of that comes from who we surround ourselves with, you know, like what we were just talking about, you know, who we tribe up with, who, who our fellow warriors are. We need to be able to identify that. And it's it's better to know what that looks like before you go into the that moment than trying to figure that out while when you're there. So that's the first one. The, the second one is really having a strong relationship within yourself to be able to ask yourself questions when you're going through emotional turmoil that comes with loss, pain, setback, is being able to to kind of have a self-interview uh, where you're able to talk to yourself. And, and when you're able to do that and sit down with your emotions. I know it can be scary, but I, I promise everybody listening, you will not ignite on fire. You will not melt down. You will not die. I know it's scary to do that because dealing with those emotions makes us more resilient and enables us to get through them uh, versus running away from them, which I know is a temptation. I mean, I've, I've done that in my life too, where you run away from the bad feelings as long as you can. They still catch up with you. They just catch up with you when you're exhausted now and, and not in a good position to deal with them. So it's better to face it and deal with it. But being able to ask questions like, you know, uh, are these thoughts useful? Because a lot of times, man, we all do it. We ruminate. You know, we kind of go over the same, you know, turf over and over again. We're not making any progress. Why did this happen to me? Why, why was I, you know, how is this fair? Why does the world work like this? You know, we start going through this rumination process that doesn't serve. The second thing is we can start asking ourselves questions like, what story am I telling myself about what just happened? You know, we all talk about, or are all familiar with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, but there's also a thing called post-traumatic growth, which there's a lot of, you know, great researchers who are working on this now. And one of the big takeaways, uh, Seligman is, is one of them who identifies that one of the most important questions we can ask is, what am I telling myself about this story or what I'm going through right now? And there, you know, is it a story of doom, gloom? It's never going to be the same. I'll always be, you know, broken or have a wound. Or is it, this is a learning experience. Yes, this is hard. I can do this. I can do hard things. And I'm going to be better for it and be able to help other people maybe deal with their stuff too. It, you know, same situation, two different stories, but we're the narrator. You know, we're the director, the producer, the actor. So we have, we can recreate it. And, and then the other question is, you know, is this story real or is this just fear showing up? Um, am I just really in pain right now? And if, and if so, that's okay. You need to take care of yourself. But when we're able to do that, we're able to assess where we are and then how to move forward. Uh, we can't do that if we're just in panic mode or um, stay, you know, stuck in the pain. Yeah. For me, it was, it was looking at it from the, the kind of the holistic of, does this does this event does this thing really define me and it's like no i'm not a, <laughs> yes, I'm not a this is critically I, important know, i'm not yeah. a professional athlete uh i'm not getting paid to do this event um i'm doing that i was doing this event because it was fun and and it was a it was motivating in the training to know that okay i i, I can i got to build myself stronger than i need to be to be who i am today to do the event the way i want to do it um, and I was going, I was in that, going in that direction. And, um, but when I think about it from the longer term, it's like, okay, no, that event, that point in time doesn't define me. It's, it's, 
upsetting that I won't get to do it, but I still get to be me. I still get to have the future that I'm going to have. I still get to be the warrior tomorrow. That's it. And it it. won't do me any good to hurt myself worse today for the sake of something that isn't nearly as important as what I want tomorrow. That's it. And you live to fight another day. And and being able to, I mean, this is such a great point, Alan, is, you know, that it doesn't define us. That one moment doesn't define us. Um, it's, it's really crazy to me and, and not because I, we're, we're all guilty of doing this. You run into one bad moment. You completely dismiss the track record that you built in your life, in your career, on your journey to get to that point in the first place. We took completely forget it. And that's one of the things I talk about in the book is, is recognizing when you exercise courage, when you show discipline, when you face fear head on is recognize those moments of bravery recognize those. Don't forget them. Don't blow past them. Because what happens is we're just looking forward all the time, which is important to look forward, but we never look behind us to see you know, what it took to get here. And the reason why that's so important is when we remind ourselves of, of who we are and what we've done in the past, when we encounter that fear again, or that setback, we can look at that reservoir of courage and we can draw from it. We can say things like, I've been here before. I, I've done this. I can handle this. I did it before. And actually what I went through before was even worse. And I, and I'm still doing this. So it's a process, you know, and the other thing is with the setbacks, we learn a lot about ourselves. Um, You know, one of the, one of the stories I tell in the book was was about um, training for the wing open boxing tournament, my senior year at the air force Academy. And I trained, I worked my guts out and I broke my nose twice. The second time was two weeks before the tournament. And I broke uh, cracked an eye orbital. So I was done. I was out. I was devastated. But I never looked at that as a defeat. Um, I looked at it as a disappointment, but I never looked at it as a defeat. And just like what you're saying with your injury, you can only do so much, you know, and at that point, if you fall short, you, you know, we can beat ourselves up for it or we can honor all that it took to get to that point in the first place. It's not always going to work out in our favor. Yeah, Absolutely. DJ, I define wellness as being the healthiest, fittest, and happiest you can be. What are three strategies or tactics to get and stay well? I love this question. Uh, You know, this is a journey. You know, we're all works in progress. uh, But if we have that as a goal to, you know, and and basically I would summarize that as kind of being the best version of ourselves, right? And we're constantly evolving. We're constantly transforming, or at least should be. But but the way that um, I see that is... Uh, again, you know, having a, you know, a personal dialogue, having a personal connection and constantly taking an assessment of where you are. Uh, are you happy with where you are? And if not, what are you doing to progress in that area? So it's it's kind of like a, a heat seeking missile going towards a target. You know, there's there's infinite micro corrections to get to the target. And that's that's part of life. We have to constantly be assessing, you know, am I doing well in this area, in this area? Can I work on this area a little bit? Here I'm doing pretty good, but it's an it's a constant assessment and it's an internal thing. Externally, again, we have to surround ourselves with the right people. I can't stress environment enough. I had an elder tell me this years ago. He said, our spirits are like sponges. They soak up whatever they're around. And we get to define what that is. You know, are we listening to an eight-hour news loop? Or are we hanging out, you know, with our friends who, who give us encouragement, reading books that inspire our minds? you know, going through health practices that strengthen our body and minds, we get to determine what we're surrounding ourselves with. Uh, that That's also critical to our success. 
And then the other thing is celebrating, celebrating the, the wins. Gosh, we don't do that nearly enough. And we wonder why we condition ourselves just to kind of be humdrum and just on to the next thing. It's like we need to learn to celebrate, you know, do the victory dance, uh, have the, the uh, you know, we had songs when, when warriors would come back from battle, you know, to, to celebrate that victory. Um, to, you know, we wanted it to be something that people remembered. And, and how often do we achieve great things in a moment and we just totally blow past and go on to the next thing? You know, how can we be inspired to go on to the next thing when we're not even honoring this thing? It just doesn't work. So we need to learn to celebrate, re- reward ourselves, give yourself a break, a pat on the back. And make it appropriate too. You know, you don't want to do a you know a good workout, good twenty minute you know <laughs> intense workout, cake. and then have a full chocolate <laughs> cake. Yeah, it's like you got to you got to balance it out. But but even you know some sometimes I find for me some of the best rewards I give myself is just permission or or kind of an acknowledgement that in that moment I delivered, just to be able to actually recognize that. I, that's one of the best feelings. You know, it's not about buying something or going somewhere. It's about being able to sit with yourself and have that internal conversation where you hear your own voice telling yourself, you did a great job there. You really delivered, you brought it, you know, and that feels awesome. I mean, we need that, but however you celebrate, we need to do that more because we want to condition ourselves for the next success and the next, we don't want to condition ourselves to go into burnout faster. Perfect. Uh, DJ, if someone wanted to learn more about you, learn more about the book, The Warrior Within, where would you like for me to send them? Uh, please go to nativediscovery.com. Uh, that's my website, and it's got all the information on what I do, you know, who I work with, um, information about the book and where you can get it. Uh, it, it will be available everywhere, I, also as an audio book, um, but really excited to put it out into the world and strengthen the people that read it and um, appreciate that. Well, it's got a lot of great insights. So thank you for sharing. And thank you for being a part of 40 Plus Fitness. Thank you very much, my friend, for having me. Hey, Ras. Hey, Alan. That was an interesting interview with DJ Venus. I'm curious to know, it sounded like he was a Native American. He is. He is. Yeah. Um, you know, and very much in the service area, you know, military and, and now service to people. And, and so, you know, yeah, this is, this is written from a very different perspective of caring about people and, and being the, the light for others, Mm -hmm. uh, the example for others. And, and that's very important to him and, and his, and with his culture, um, and so, yeah, going through the book, you, you really get a sense that uh, he's a lead by example person. That's so neat. It was really interesting. There's a lot of good things in, in your interview, but why don't we talk about um, having the courage to ask for help? I know that I struggle with that sometimes. It is hard to ask for help. Um, I don't want to be a martyr or anything, but I just sometimes feel like it's just better if I get things done when <laughs> on yeah. my own. And, and I do, I do want to help. I want to be a good mom to my kids. I want to be a good wife to my husband and a good daughter to my parents. And, and sometimes it just gets overwhelming. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, I think we, we, 
this is just my opinion. So mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong. <laughs> and if I am, no. then just ignore me. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think men, men have a difficulty asking for help when sure. it comes to physical things and, and, and getting things done mm-hmm. on that side. You know, um, a, a lot of men will say, okay, I'll fix it myself. Um, and, and they don't mind us. They'll spend a whole Saturday fixing something. They could have paid a mechanic, you know, $50 to fix and, and, but they, they just want to do it themselves. And so they will sit there and go through that time and expense of figuring it out, uh, to solve that problem. Now, women on the other side, I think it comes to more of the emotional trying to get help with the things that a mother should be good at, or that, you know, mm-hmm. a sister or a daughter should be good at. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to ask for help there. But the, rea- the, the reality is, sure. regardless of what your hang up is, mm-hmm. it's really important to recognize when asking for help will move the needle. Yeah. You know, and we've yeah. talked about big rocks and little rocks and all that. Sometimes mm-hmm. your big rock is to ask for help. True. Very you know, true. if if you're thinking, OK, I could lose the weight myself and, you know, and you know, mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah, you, what you're saying is, OK, I lose I lose one pound a month doing it the way I'm doing it. Um, and I want to keep doing that. Um, I'll get to my goal weight in three years. Um, mm-hmm. That's great. If you stick with it for three years. Whereas maybe, maybe just hiring a coach could get you there in a few months or six months. And so, you know, and, and and the same thing, if you, if you want to run a 5k, Mm -hmm. you could start training for the 5k, but you might tell yourself, okay, well, we're getting close to the end of the season. They're going to do some fall runs up until Thanksgiving, Christmas, then it gets too cold here. And then it'll be March, April before I'd want to run again. So yeah, I'll train for a 5k in April. Yeah. Right. Okay. And knowing that most of that training is going to have to be done on a treadmill and, and all that, or you could hire a running coach and you could be running that 5k by November. You can be doing the turkey trot easy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so just thinking in terms of how, how much a trainer will help you move the needle is a, is a big thing. The other thing is asking for help elsewhere. And I think this is another area where I think women might have a more difficulty is to say, okay, you're the primary caregiver of the children. You're the, this or the, that, and you want to start training. Well, mm-hmm. you can't be mom and train at the same time. And now maybe you're lucky enough to be in a place where the, they have a daycare at your gym and you can mm-hmm. drop the kid over there and they can sit there and see mama working out over there and they can watch their uh, videos and things like that in the little play area. And that's cool. But if you don't have that, mm-hmm. then you, you got to ask for help, help. Yeah. I, I need yeah. you to watch the kids for an hour each day while I do this training. Uh, because it's not entirely fair for you to say, I got to wake up at four o'clock in the morning so I can get my training run done so that <laughs> uh, training done. Yeah. So then I can come home and be mom. Mm-hmm. And then go to work and come back and be mom and get everything done for house and home and do it all over again the next day. If, if something right. as simple as look, I need you to get the kids ready for school four days a week, three days a week. Mm-hmm. And I got the other two. Yeah. You can get three training days in each week. And for a lot of us, that's enough to move the needle. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, it's important to communicate with your spouse or whoever else you have in the household about trading that time off, you know, I'll, uh, I'll watch the kids this time. So you can do your thing while, you know, we'll, 
trade-off where you watch them where I can go do my thing. And same thing with the chores. You know, if you can't keep up with house chores, you know, you split it up. It's just a matter of communication. But, you know, when you do hire a coach, you could, like you said, move the needle, but in my, the, I don't know, have, I don't have a clever way to say it, but you know, the coaches have already done all the hit and miss. They've already done all the research and have seen experience. They can cut you right down to the bone of what you should be doing to move that needle the fastest. When I first started running, you know, I was just learning as I went, but I did hire a coach just recently. The spring I ran a marathon. I was aiming for a PR and I hired a coach um, who got me that PR. And so even her techniques, her knowledge, her experience got me to where I wanted to be. And I'm a running coach. I should know all this stuff. And I do, but, but, you know, sometimes you just need somebody else to hold you accountable to do the right things at the right time. There's just a lot of value to it. Yeah. And, and I did that with strength. You know, I, I mm-hmm. can train myself. I've, I've done it before because right. I had to do it before you know, when you work 90, 90% of the time, you're traveling 90% of the time, um, to put that in context, you're home three days a month. Oh gosh. Okay. So home three days a month, and there's no way for me to hire a trainer, no. uh, at the time, uh, because they, there were no online trainers and there specifically were no online trainers that were used to coaching people over 40. <laughs> the only online trainers I knew were the ones that were like the nutrition coaches for getting yourself ready for contest prep. Mm-hmm. Or posing coaches who were getting people ready for their posing for a contest, oh. a, a fitness or physique contest, and so there uh, there really wasn't anybody that was going to say let's let's make an old fat man unfat, um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, and and so that's what I needed though I needed something like that so I went and got certified I started spending time I started making sure I stayed in hotels with certain uh, amenities gyms and things like that and and I was able to do that but but I did put a stop. I made it something I had to get done within a certain amount of time, all those kind of things. But when I hired the strength coach, um, you know, I thought, okay, yeah, this will help me get a little stronger than I was before. Mm-hmm. No, I got as strong as I had ever been, even wow. as a high level high school player, football player, mm-hmm. I was squatting more at 51 years old than I was in high school. Wow as an offensive lineman. Hmm. So, <laughs> you know, that that's what my strength coach was able to do for me. And it was, mm-hmm. it was little things. It was these little things that, that he was able to just put into my thought process mm-hmm. that, that pushed me a little harder, a little faster. Um, and even at my age, you know, I was the voice, I was the, I was trying to be the voice of reason. It's like, there's no reason I should put that much weight on the bar, but I had mm-hmm. done, I'd done just a little less than that weight the day before the week, I mean, a few days before. So I was like, well, mm-hmm. let's go, let's see what happens. And I mean, you know, I, I would push myself. And so it's, it, you know, it's not that you need to be the strongest person you've ever been. It's not that you need, but if you're really need to move, need to move the needle on something, mm-hmm. just realize a coach is going to make that happen. That change will happen easier and better. If you have someone there that understands what you're going through, can push mm-hmm. you just hard enough and can keep you in the game uh, and doing it. So you're not making excuses yeah. to not do it. And, and there's all those things that coach brings. Though, like I say with my clients, it's like it's, it's, it's direction or guidance, mm-hmm. it's support, and it's accountability. And that's what a good coach will bring you. Mm-hmm. But again, 
you have to ask for help. If you want to go it alone, you might get there, Um, but it might take you a lot longer. I mean, I I look back, it took me over eight years, almost nine years to fix myself. And Mm -hmm. uh, that was me doing it alone. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the interesting thing about a coach too, Ellen, is that we have the laser focus on what our athletes' goals are. We don't have the same distractions that they have. You know, they've got work and they've got family and they've got outside obligations. And so it's easier for them to, you know, change their balance or to skip a workout or something. But as a coach, I'm looking at my athletes every single day. I want to see what they're working out. I will push them to do things. And, and, and I know, you know, when they do have crazy things coming up in their lives, you know, we'll adjust and we can, but again, we have that laser focused on what their goals are and can get them there. And then two, you know, we've said in the past, you need to have some skin in the game. And when you hire a coach, you're paying for that service and you're going to take full advantage of, of what you're getting, you're paying for. So it, it's a lot, um, you get a lot of accountability and motivation just from that as well. You sure do. Mm-hmm. Great interview. All, all right. Well, as I will talk to you in a few minutes, but mm-hmm. to everyone else, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Take care. You too. Thanks. Next time on the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we discuss the seven weight loss mistakes that people over 40 make. Until then, have a happy and healthy week.